everybody. Welcome back to the Sunshine and Pixie Dust podcast. I am so happy you have decided to join me again for season one, episode two. This week, we are discussing what are called thought ruts. So these are forms of thought or things that can get us down or make us feel stuck in life. Um, There tend to be two kinds of thinkers. um, And no, I'm not talking about overthinkers or underthinkers, for lack of better terms. Um, What I am talking about is people who either A, lack drive, ambition, um, forethought, maybe have a hard time being able to dream. And then there is another group of people who tend to overthink, but more so they are incredibly hard on themselves. If something is not developing at the pace they'd prefer as quickly as possible or things just seem to keep happening to keep them from achieving that goal, they tend to be very hard on themselves. And this puts them in a very stressful, difficult place um, emotionally and mentally. You can be one of those people who are both. You might lack ambition, but also when you do try, you feel like it never works and that gets you down. So no matter what, I hope this episode um, helps you acknowledge some things that might be going up on in your thought process and maybe gives you um, some ways to address those issues as well. So again, thank you so much for joining me today and let's go ahead and get started. So number one is catastrophizing. What does that mean? So catastrophizing is when someone imagines the worst possible outcome, or maybe they think that's the only outcome. Um, Let's say someone says, I'm never going to be able to do this one task today that I really want to do. And you know what? I might get hurt trying it, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a <laughs> a new yoga pose. Um, it, it could just be something as simple as folding laundry and doing it the right way and feeling like you didn't get through it all and suddenly that really stresses you out. This can be different things for different people. This is varying degrees. Some things that some might see as shallow might be a very big issue for another person. And something that's very serious for one person, another individual might think, oh, that's not that bad. We all have different uh, measurement of what is a big deal in our life and what stresses us out stresses us out, excuse me, and causes us anxiety. So catastrophizing is um, always looking for that ball to drop, always imagining that the worst possible outcome is going to be this. And so maybe I don't even do this task or try to pursue this thing that I want because I'm so scared that the worst is going to happen as it always does. So therefore, the worst happening is kind of the only possible outcome. Uh, People who are Thinking along this line are typically dealing with some sort of stress or anxiety. Um, This actually tends to be how I am. I have a lot of big dreams and big goals and passions. I'm a very passionate person. And often, though, that comes with um, if I do decide to pursue a passion, I am living each day afraid that the ability to pursue that passion will be taken away or that individual will stop talking to me or something will happen because I'm always looking for that worst possible outcome. I've seen it in my head. I've seen it in the future. I know it's going to happen and I'm just waiting for that ball to drop. That is not how we should live each day of life, um, especially as a Christian. 
I should tackle my fear and my anxiety in the word of the Lord and um, be communicating with him, resting in him, um, asking him for that courage and that strength to see myself through these difficult circumstances. And then also really taking the time to focus on what is righteous, pure, what is truth. Truth is such an important element of um, avoiding catastrophizing in your life, knowing what the truth is. Um, honestly, it does set you free a little bit. So that's what I do as a Christian. And I'm not trying to get into a whole thing with that because I know not all of my listeners are. Um, but that is what made a big impact on me, which funnily enough, I have had this podcast planned for a couple weeks now. And um, the sermon today was on anxiety. So that was just that was really funny to me. Um, but anyway, that being said, so if you're one of those people always looking for the worst possible outcome, the best thing you can do for yourself is try to learn how to trust. And I am speaking to the choir here. I am telling y'all exactly what I tell myself all the time. It is very hard for me to trust because again, I'm always looking for that worst outcome. Um, so in learning how to trust, you're learning how to honor your feelings and be in the present without allowing yourself to predict your future. I mean, how do you know your future? You don't, right? There's no way to know what's going to happen in the future. So why predict bad things all the time? Um, enjoy the present. If we're always worrying about what's going to happen three years from now or two weeks from now, how the situation will progress, you're not honoring your feelings in the present. You're not enjoying where you are, being where you are, and um, resting in the peace and the fun and the joy of that moment, right? You're worrying about what's coming. So learn to just rest in that. Um, and it's okay to acknowledge realistic odds. Maybe you don't complete that task that day. How far does it set you back? Sets you back far? Okay, what can you do to um, move forward in that? Um, okay, maybe that friendship didn't work out how you thought it was going to. What are you going to do about that? Is your life over? No. <laughs> There's things that you can do um, to help move on, meet new people, find new friends, etc. So yes, it's okay to recognize the realistic odds. That's an important part of trust. It's not being all 100% positive that everything's going to work out all the time. It's more so just learning to live in the present and enjoy it as it is for what it is instead of worrying about what it will be. Secondly, it's what's called the shoulds. Um, we often form very strict rules and unrealistic expectations, not just for others, but more so for ourselves. And, um, Forming those strict rules and unrealistic expectations for ourselves is what I wanted to address today. Um, so let's take the analogy of exercise. Today I'm going to exercise. My pain should go away. I should feel a lot better. I should start to lose weight. And then you go and take that, that measurement on that scale and you didn't lose any weight yet. People lose weight at different weight uh, rates. It's just, it's just a true fact. It could take you two weeks to lose what someone was able to lose in two months or vice versa. Um, so don't put too strict of rules and expectations on yourselves. Again, this one is speaking to the people who are too harsh on themselves and tend to not move, um, tend to overanalyze things. If you're one of those people who need a little push, um, I'm not exactly speaking to you on this one, but if you are one of those people who get overwhelmed by all the unrealistic expectations you put on yourself, take a deep breath. Just breathe in, 
breathe out, take a moment to be where you are and look at the reality of the situation. Um, For example, if I use eating, I say, I'm not going to have any sugar today. A child, the day that I decide to make that decision, a child is going to come into my psychology class and bring me a homemade brownie. And if you expect me to say no to that brownie, I'm I'm learning to have that kind of self-control, but I just don't currently. Now, I shouldn't feel like my entire day was wasted and I didn't complete anything I set out to do because I ate that brownie. That's not true. Maybe I had a salad for lunch and my juice for breakfast and I made a very healthy dinner and I worked out that day. The entire day went great. That little brownie is not going to be a huge setback. And again, I'm not talking about cheating on your diet all the time. All I'm saying is a little bit of grace goes a long way. If you have grace for others, you need to also have grace for yourself. And having grace for oneself can often be one of the hardest things um, people tend to do. So to combat the I should do this, I should do that, I need this, I need that. If I don't get this done, I'm not this way. To combat those, we have the non-striving category. Now, it's hard to word things in that way because we should strive towards goodness and we should strive for joy and we should strive to live our best lives, right? So I'm not necessarily, Sarah, necessarily, words are not my gift today, necessarily saying don't strive, um, but striving The word striving lends itself to constantly working at something super hard all the time. Hustle, hustle, hustle with no break, no grace. You need to allow yourself that grace. Practicing flexibility and forgiveness, um, it'll help release you from your, your crazy expectations for yourself. If you give yourself flexibility and forgiveness, you will actually experience more progress and more efficiency altogether because you're not so stressed out about the limits you put on yourself. You are focused on actu- actually succeeding in whatever you're doing. So you will notice a big difference um, in your progress and your efficiency. So for example, um, Again, let's use let's use going to the gym. So the shoulds would be, I'm going to feel so great after I go to the gym today, my pain should go away. Non-striving would be, I'm going to try my best to be present, present for whatever comes up. If my head still hurts at the gym, if this is still aching, this muscle still hurts, I will still be present for that and acknowledge that it's happening. Again, it's not saying turn a blind eye to all the negative things. Um, that is what's hard with mental health is people know all about the self-affirmations and the meditations we tell them to do and the journaling and the self-care and the self-help and everyone's like I just want something new that actually works because they assume that we are constantly telling them the same thing turn away from what's bad and only do what's positive and only see positive all the time that's an inhumane expectation I can't expect you to not acknowledge that your muscle is on fire and maybe tore a ligament like that's not my place What I'm telling you is be present, acknowledge that it's happening, don't let it waste your entire day and take up all of your attention, figure out what you can do to move past it. It's basically just not saying staying stuck in that issue. That's the biggest point that I just want to make here. Number three is filtering and magnifying. We tend to filter out the positive and magnify the negative. It's like looking through tinted binoculars. Um, If I keep on doing the wrong thing, if I'm 
not as social as I should be with everyone. I just don't belong here. I don't have any friends. If I don't get this job, I'm not worthy of any other job. I'm just supposed to stay where I am all the time. Those are all those negative thought processes processes that we tend to magnify and we ignore the positive. So instead of going, okay, maybe I didn't nail that job interview as well as I could have. Now I know for next time. This sucks, but I'll figure it out. We end up being negative and saying, man, like maybe I'm just not meant to do that at all. Maybe I am meant to just stay where I am forever. And so it's very important to let go, which is the next, the positive phase of step three, letting go. And I really want to play the Elsa Frozen song here, but I will not torture y'all with that because you're probably not as much of a nerd as I am. So I'm, I'm going to let that one go. <laughs> um, so we can practice holding our thoughts in attention and releasing them instead of fixating upon the negative. So you have that negative thought. I'm not worthy of another job. Wait, I just thought I'm not worthy of another job. Why do I think that? Is that a positive thought? Is that what the Lord says about me? And then if you're having a hard time uh, fixing those thought processes pro- processes yourself, go to someone who can for you. Hey, I'm having a hard time seeing myself this way. I don't, do you think I'm meant to do something else? What do you see that could be a strength? Have someone else, you know, encourage you a bit. Like it's, that's completely okay to do that. Um, now, once you have held those thoughts and acknowledged them, you then need to release them. And as a Christian, again, I say release release it to the Lord. Um, ask for his peace and his courage. Um, but release it and then don't fixate on the negatives anymore. Say something like, I'm learning through mistakes and um, th- I'm throwing away these thoughts. I'm noticing all that I'm doing right as well as what I'm doing wrong. Balance those thoughts. Again, it's all about balance, not turning away from one and completely always being perfect because we don't expect that either, right? Um, the expectation of knowing you're not perfect, trying to be perfect, but you're not perfect. That's just too much to think about. It's really just finding balance in your life and not getting stuck on one thing. And number four is emotional reasoning. We decide that because something feels true, it must be true. And this goes back to what is truth. If you're a Christian, where do you turn to for truth? We turn to the Lord in the Bible, right? That's where we find our source of truth. And God tells us who we are. It, he tells us that we are loved. He tells us that we are imperfect sinners, but he loves us regardless. He tells us that no matter what we have done at any point, if we did just <laughs> words, if we decide to repent and turn away, he will He offers us that grace to turn to him and claim a new life in the name of Jesus. And it's such a beautiful thing. Um, And that doesn't stop once you're saved. Once you're saved, you sin, you repent, you ask for forgiveness. God wipes that slate clean and he's like, okay, here's how I equip you to move forward. And that's where the small groups and the Bible studies and the church services and the worship music and the reading the Bible, it all comes in handy is because you're that helps you find that truth. You might not be expected to find it on your own. I have a hard time interpreting the Bible. That's not how my mind works. I'd much rather listen to biblically sound uh, worship music 
And that's how I get my messages from the Lord, which might not always be the best idea. So if I go to church, going out to lunch with friends or talking to someone after or a small group and hearing how everyone else interpreted what we were reading in the Bible, let's say, that really helps me discern what is true. Um, And if you are not a Christian, the best that I can say is you can't do everything in and of yourself. It just can't be done. We are human. We make mistakes. We have our own doubts. You cannot do it within yourself. But it is important to find what is true and to combat the negative thoughts and the negative emotional reasoning going on in your head. So the positive manifestation of this, the opposite of this basically, is um, establishing patience. We can notice we can notice an emotion and identify it as such, experience it, and then it goes back to letting it go. I'm feeling anxious. I see this as anxiety. I feel this anxiety, and now I'm letting it go. It's not sweeping it under the rug. It's not pretending that it was never there. It is feeling it, noticing you feel it, acknowledging for what it is, casting it out and letting it go. So I'm having feelings of embarrassment and frustration. I'm not being objective. I can just breathe through these feelings and let them go. And then if you're me, you pray. (laughs) All right. And then we're going on to the very last one, number five, which is polarized thinking and labeling. One more time. That is polarized thinking and labeling. We make blanket positive or negative assessments for whatever comes up. We name call to limit our perception even farther. Um, Again, this is speaking solely about us and how we handle things, Um, not necessarily how you're reacting to other people. But we tend to label ourselves and make ourselves feel as one thing. Um, A little bit off topic, but a similar idea. I was discussing with students bits of my testimony, and bits of my testimony involve being a victim. And the world makes you feel like if you're victimized, you have to live under that label of being a victim the rest of your life. You are forever a victim of whatever victimized you, right? And I looked at them and I said, that's not what Jesus says. Even though what I was a victim of was not my fault. Under Jesus, everything was washed clean. I'm, I'm new in him and I'm, I'm his beloved child and I received his grace and I have his joy in my heart. And I was talking to them about how whether it's a negative label you put on yourself like I am my mental illness I am this decision that I made five years ago. I am what happened to me. No, you're not. Do not put a blanket assessment on yourself. You are not that. And some labels are not always negative. Some are, um, I'm a businesswoman. That is who I am. And that is what you solely find your identity in is being a career-driven woman in today's society trying to make a difference in the world. That is a very positive thing is trying to make a difference in the world. That's awesome. But that is not all you are and not all you were created to be. So don't find your identity in one thing and don't put a full-on blanket assessment on yourself, whether positive or negative. Um, Instead, use what's called non-judging. Try to take a step back instead of reacting to everything. Um, 
start to think in like shades of gray, spectrums, percentages kind of a thing. Yes, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, I am this much of an introvert. On a scale of 1 to 10, I am this much a business person. Things that really help with this are like Myers-Briggs, Enneagrams, all those fun personality assessments if you really like to learn about yourself and learn your strengths and weaknesses. But a lot of people tend to let themselves be labeled by the results on those personality tests. And that's not even right because it's still a blanket assessment. You are not one thing and you don't need to be labeled by anything. So just remember that the next time that you go to be polarized in your thinking and you go to label yourself, even if it's something stupid like, gosh, I'm such a clumsy ox, I can't do yoga right. Don't do that, okay? We all make mistakes. We all have struggles. And so don't put that label on yourself. Be a little less judging of yourself just as you would be to others. Um, Again, love yourself as you would others and love others as you would yourself. So that's basically what I wanted to talk to you today is just thought ruts that we can get into and ways that we might be able to slowly get out of them. Um, And if you're struggling with any of these and you need any further advice or tips, the podcasts are always so short, but there's always so much to say and so much more practical advice for you to implement. So if you want some more direct practical advice, feel free to DM me. I am always willing to talk with you. And um, thank you so much for listening today, guys. Uh, Stay tuned after the break for Coach's Corner. That concludes our episode today. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for the next podcast episode. Uh, We are streaming on iTunes and Spotify, as well as the website, CheyenneBeats.com. You can find me on any social media. Facebook is at Coach Cheyenne Beats. My personal Instagram is at Cheyenne Beats. And then the podcast Instagram is at Sunshine and Pixie Dust Podcast leaving you with some sunshine and pixie dust, a little joy and a little magic. This is Coach Cheyenne and I will see you next time. Welcome to Coach's Corner with Cheyenne. How are you doing? Alrighty, so the journal prompt for this week is list three to five skills that you are thankful for. I'm not going to say anything else about it. You are supposed to interpret that however you interpret it and then journal it. I would recommend just writing one skill a day and writing a little bit about it in detail. Um, Then you have a whole week of journal prompts there. But again, you can choose to use it once a week, multiple times throughout the week, every day, whatever works best for you. Alrighty, guys. Guys, thanks so much. And um, tune back in next Wednesday. Bye-bye.